Well, it's true that Paul was a great apostle, a great soul winner, but he was also a great friend maker. Paul was in the people business, and that's what ministry and life is really all about. It's about people, and people can be complicated, and people can be difficult, but the Lord so loved the world of people that he gave his son, and we get the privilege of partnering with people in the greatest cause of all, the gospel. Today, we'll explore that in Colossians 4 on Walk in Truth. You're listening to the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and reach out with God's truth to all people. Now, here's Pastor Michael. All right, if you take your Bible, let's open to Colossians chapter 4. And we are going to finish the book of Colossians this morning as we move in the, into the afternoon. And the message is better together. We are better together. We are a body of believers. Christ is the head. We are the body. We need each other. And when we're together and we're doing ministry and we're engaged, each individual part is doing its share. We can be effective. Con uh, congregations in America, I think, need to be stirred. And the book of Hebrews tells us this very thing. It tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as is the habit of some, but we are to encourage one another. And all the more as we see the day drawing near. Now we are to encourage, or literally the Greek word is to provoke one another to love and good deeds. Why do you go to church? Well, first of all, that's a misnomer. You don't go to church, you are the church. Amen? And so we are to be the church in the world. And when we gather together, we gather together preeminently for the honor of Christ, for what he's done for us. But we also gather together to be stirred, to be provoked. Literally, the Greek could be translated incited to love and good deeds. You guys have heard how somebody can incite a riot. Well, pastors are looking to incite a riot in a good sense. <laughs> We're trying to get you to go out there in the power of the Holy Spirit and make a difference where you live, where your mission field is. The book of Ecclesiastes addresses this oneness when it says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart or quickly broken. If you've been trying to be a solo Christian and do the Christian life without the connection to the body of Christ, I just have to tell you, you're doing yourself a disservice. You need the body because each individual part complements one another. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The ear can't say to the foot, I don't need you. The body needs to operate together in function as it glorifies the head. And the only way that you can be part of the body is by showing up. There's no other way. There's no other solution. But showing up is only the beginning. You have spiritual gifts that God has given you that you are to engage. And it is possible as we look at the New Testament to not be engaged, to have your spiritual gift on a shelf. And the Bible says to stir that spiritual gift up, to get in the game, to make a difference while you yet have breath in your lungs. Because you have one life to live, 
And soon it will be passed. You have a dash between two dates, one that you're born and one that you die. And what you do with your life really, really matters. I heard the story about Larry LaPrize passing away, I think in the early to middle 90s. He's the guy that wrote the Hokey Pokey. You guys remember that song? So there was a, pro- a report that came forward that he died peacefully in his sleep, at, I think at the age of 83. The only problem that the family had was getting him into the casket. They got his left leg in, and then that's where all the trouble started. So anyway, I thought you might need a little bit of humor as we <laughs> get going on the message. If you tell that joke anywhere, do not give me credit. Uh, anyway, so we're in Colossians 4. Verses 7 through 18. Father, as we get into this message calling, uh, called Better Together, we are certainly better together. And this is a, a precious family of believers. Uh, the, the folks that are here, I was watching people just come in today and thinking, man, uh, what a precious body of believers. Uh, the people that have been here, some of them have been here as long as I've been here or longer. And it's amazing, their commitment, their faithfulness, their love. And they are always in my hearts, Lord, in my heart. And I pray that you will bless them and encourage us as we finish the book of Colossians together today. Bless our time, I pray, in Jesus' holy name. Amen. So one of those uh, family members got married yesterday. Her name is Tori DeMartel. Uh, she got married yesterday to a young man named Ben Brzezinski. It was a great wedding. It was out of the Orange County Fairgrounds. And I remember her. She was just a little tiny girl when I first started pastoring the church, and she grew up into this beautiful woman of God. And if you remember, Tori went on the mission field to India, and she joined with a ministry called Sarah's Covenant Home. And what she was doing was she was caring for and pouring the love of Christ into kids in India who pretty much were thrown away by the society and the government. And Sarah's Covenant Home was trying to show the love of Christ to these these, uh, boys and girls. And so at the age, I think at the time, Tori was 19, she went to live in India, left Southern California, left her family, left everything she knew, and began to live in India. She had met Ben at Biola Youth Theater. Interestingly enough, they met playing Uncle Henry and Auntie M from The Wizard of Oz. And so I kind of joked at their wedding ceremony that they started as an old married couple, and we're kind of doing a reverse thing now because they look pretty young at the altar. They're both uh, about 22, 23 years old right now. And one of the great privileges of that ceremony among many wonderful things that happened yesterday was they had a a ring bearer and a flower girl from the Covenant home who have since been adopted by two U.S. families who were also present at the wedding. One family was from Buffalo, New York, the other one from Glendora, California here. The two families got to meet each other, and this girl and boy were best friends in the home. And so when they walked down the aisle together as the ring bearer and the flower girl, you can imagine the emotion that was going on. And the families told us, we had had a chance to have dinner with the families, that um, they really saw a difference in these two kids having adopted them because of the love that Tori DeMartel from this congregation poured into those children. And so I'll just tell you this, that wherever the Lord calls you, whether it seems like some major ministry or whether you take time for some little kids to prepare them to be adopted. God can use you. That's what the body of Christ is all about. Last week, we uh, had the Oliveras family here, and they're ministering in South America. 
And if you come tonight, I'm going to talk to you uh, about apologetics and talk to you about Jehovah's Witnesses tonight. And I asked the Oliveras family, are Jehovah's Witnesses a problem on the mission field? And they said it's a major problem. In fact, a lot of the time they have to try to undo Jehovah's Witness doctrine to try to reach people in these countries. So if you'll come out tonight uh, at 6.33, tonight at 6.33, we're going to have worship, we're going to have a time of teaching. I am going to do a Q&A time where you can ask your questions through the app, and if you have a ton of questions or you have a particular scripture that you've talked with them about, we'll deal with that tonight. So that's coming tonight. Colossians 4, verse 7, we're going to look at 10 people. We're going to move pretty quickly. You're going to find yourself somewhere among these 10 people as this letter closes, as Paul's going to talk about these connections that he had with people. Paul was not only a great theologian and an incredible missionary and evangelist and disciple maker, but he was a friend maker. Paul loved people. And if you're going to be effective in ministry, you have to have the love of Christ and a burden for people. And when you watch some of these closings of letters like the majestic book of Romans and Romans 16, the end of Colossians, and many other letters, you'll watch Paul rattle a list of names of people that he partnered with or he sent greetings to. And and of course, in some of these cases, like Rome and Colossae, these were not churches that Paul founded. But he still had a great love for people. And he's going to name 10 people, all kinds of different backgrounds. You're going to find yourself somewhere in here. And may I just say to you, As you tune into what the Spirit would say to the church, would you please put yourself in the story today? Would you ask yourself, where do I fit? What is God saying to me today? In fact, I would argue that every time you come to a Bible study, every time you open your Bible personally, you should be asking, Lord, what do you have to say to me today? Now, we've got to take Scripture in its context and understand the the big picture and the history and all of that, but there's going to be personal application today, and I pray that your ears and your heart will be open. Verse 7, Colossians 4 says, As to all my affairs, as Paul winds down the letter, Tychicus, our beloved brother and faithful or trustworthy servant and fellow bondservant in the Lord will bring you information. So Tychicus was one of the group that was going to carry the letter of Colossae to the Colossian church. Remember, Paul wrote it from Roman imprisonment. And so there was a long journey to be made uh, by this group of people. And Tychicus was part of this group. And he was a courier. Remember, in the ancient world, you had no cell phone, no email. The only way you could get information to another person, if you wrote a document, was to entrust it into the hands of a courier. And these couriers would have to travel through very difficult circumstances, sometimes crossing oceans, dealing with robbers and rivers, and you name it. And so sometimes these uh, original people who carried letters that we can easily pass by their names were entrusted with the very scriptures that we treasure today. They were given the copy of Colossians, the copy of the book of Romans, and told, you got, you've got to deliver this copy to these individuals. And Tychicus was a man who was found faithful. He never achieved prominence, but he served in an important capacity as Paul's liaison to the churches. He was a faithful steward. If your story was written today, if Paul or somebody else in a modern age wrote a story about you, and was to capture the essence of your ministry, what would the description look like? Well, for Tychicus, he was faithful. He was faithful to the Lord. He was a servant of them, a a faithful servant and a fellow bondservant in the Lord. And he was going to fill in any blanks that this Colossian congregation needed. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. But first... Time can really get away from you. The day-to-day hustle can sometimes leave little time for the more important things in life, like Bible study. Remember that Pastor Michael's teachings can be heard at any time, day or night, on walkintruth.com. You don't have to worry that you have to get out of the car right now, because today's teaching is already online, ready for you to listen when it's most convenient for you. Visit walkintruth.com today to hear all of Pastor Michael Lance's teachings to date. That's walkintruth.com. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. We're entrusted with the very scriptures that we treasure today. They were given the copy of Colossians, the copy of the book of Romans, and told, you got, you've got to deliver this copy to these individuals. And Tychicus was a man who was found faithful. He never achieved prominence, but he served in an important capacity as Paul's liaison to the churches. He was a faithful steward. If your story was written today, if Paul or somebody else in a modern age wrote a story about you and was to capture the essence of your ministry, what would the description look like? Well, for Tychicus, he was faithful. He was faithful to the Lord. He was a servant of them, a, fe- a faithful servant and a fellow bondservant in the Lord. And he was going to fill in any blanks that this Colossian congregation needed. The First uh, Corinthians 4.2 says, In this case, moreover, it is required of a steward that one be found faithful. Tychicus's name means fortuitous or fortunate. He's mentioned five times in the New Testament. He was a friend and companion of Paul. And uh, he was involved in a couple things that you're familiar with. He was a native to the province of Asia, Acts 20, verse 4. He's probably from Ephesus and converted to Christ through the preaching of Paul. He began a, he began a friendship with Paul. And uh, it was not easy to be Paul's friend, by the way. Uh, Tychicus probably witnessed the great Ephesian silversmith riot against Paul, which, was, which prompted the Apostle Paul to leave Ephesus for Macedonia. Tychicus experienced danger uh, and sh- shared immense bravery with Paul. A short time later, when Paul decided to return to Jerusalem, where he would ultimately be arrested, Tychicus was one of the seven who accompanied him, write down Acts 20, verse 4, as a traveling companion. Some of you will remember that prophecies began to come forth, Uh, from individuals saying the Holy Spirit says that this man, what awaits him is imprisonment and chains. And Paul would say to the group, I'm ready not only to go to Jerusalem, I'm ready to die for Jesus Christ. Can you imagine? And some of the people were trying to talk Paul out of it. Paul said, what are you doing breaking my heart? I must go. I must finish the race. And it would be one thing to be the group that was sending him off, but how about one of the seven that's going with Paul? Chains and imprisonment await this man. How about, would you want to shoot up a prayer like this? How about those who are with him, Lord? Do those prophecies apply to us as well or only him? Should I hold hands with him when we pray? That kind of thing. I mean, look, it's all real stuff here when we're talking about, you know, a sense of preservation. We went to India in 2001, India and Nepal. And uh, we were in a prayer group. We got off a bus at this village and it was our first experience on the mission field. We all held hands and the, the guy who had planted a hundred and something churches was there and as we were praying, he goes, I know this. there's persecution in this land. Protect them, O oh Lord. And I'm thinking, can you clarify, <laughs> right? So we pulled up in a bus to this location and we're gonna do hut to hut witnessing 
And this lady ran up to us, and she had a dead bird in her hand. And she was going, oh, and she's waving this, this dead bird. It's just going like this. And we're thinking, oh, my goodness, we just arrived, and this lady's doing some sort of voodoo uh, magic on us, casting a spell, waving this dead bird around. So I asked my translator, what is she saying? And he said, well, she's saying that we ran over her bird with the bus and she would like compensation for her bird. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, that's why translators are helpful. You have to admire somebody like Tychicus. He was a faithful messenger. He uh, survived the plot by the Jewish leaders to, to murder Paul. He had trials before Felix, Festus, and Agrippa, a harrowing voyage to Rome, recorded in Acts 27. And these guys stuck with Paul. Uh, and entrusted with delivering three inspired books, as we've mentioned, these prison epistles. Tychicus was a great man of God. You haven't heard much about him, but he was a faithful servant. For I've sent him, verse 8 says Paul, to you for this very purpose, that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. When he shows up, he's not only going to deliver the letter that Paul that we're studying, but he's going to also fill in the blanks and tell you about my imprisonment and possible release and encourage your hearts. He's the first one, faithful brother in the Lord, faithful partner in the Lord. I could go on and on about the faithful men in this congregation, men who are able to teach, men who partner in ministry, men who show up, and behind the scenes, you don't know everything these guys deal with on the elder board and the pastor board, uh, the pastors, difficult stuff oftentimes, but they are men of great honor, and it's an honor to serve with them. The second person in the list is a man named Onesimus. Take a look, verse 9. And with him, Onesimus, he was also part of this group, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of your number, one of the Colossians. They will inform you about the whole situation here. Now, some of you, uh, the name Onesimus rings familiar to you because Onesimus was written about in the book of Philemon. Go a little bit to your right the book of Philemon. So you got Philemon, Hebrews, and then James. So go a little bit back. Philemon, Hebrews, and James. It's right in that area. It's just a one-chapter book. And uh, this is the background. Philemon was a master. He was some sort of business owner who had met the Apostle Paul during his missionary journeys. And one of the servants in the house of Philemon was a man named Onesimus. Scholars conclude that the Colossian church met in the home of Philemon. So these letters all work together. In fact, if you buy a commentary set, commentators will often uh, do commentary on Colossians and Philemon because the books go hand in hand. Philemon probably hosted the Colossian church. And here's the history of it. Onesimus was a servant in that house, as I've mentioned to you, a lot of servants in the ancient world. Sometimes they went into servitude to pay off a debt. Sometimes they were born into slavery. So Onesimus served in a household where the Christian church met. He heard the gospel, obviously. He was around the things of God, around Bible studies. But at some point, Onesimus decided to skip town, and he ran away from his commitment to his master, which probably included paying off debts. He may have stolen some stuff. We don't know for sure. And he ran off to Rome. And in Rome, he met the apostle Paul. Now, Paul was under some sort of house imprisonment 
with some relative freedom. We don't know if Onesimus was invited to some sort of evangelistic meeting where Paul you know, spoke to people or whatever, but somehow, some way, Onesimus ran away from a place where a church was gathered and ran right into the, he- right into the presence of the Apostle Paul. Can you imagine that? Sometimes we think we're running away from God and we're just actually running to God because God is really fast. He can catch up to you wherever you go, wherever you run. He can prepare big fishes to swallow you. Oh, he's got resources. He speaks whale. Some of you know, I heard a pastor say this morning that Jonah went to the University of Wales. Did you know that? Yeah, and he had an encounter with the living God. So Onesimus ran away, and you know, there's some people, they grow up in a Christian home, there's Bible studies in that home, they're around the things of God, they've gone to Sunday school, and then they run away from God, but you can't run away from God, the prodigal son could tell you that, amen? And and at some point, if you have a Christian foundation, God is going to catch up to you, because God has come to seek and to save that which was Lost, and at the end of that story, the father, as Jesus tells the story, says, my son was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and now he's found. Jesus is the hound of heaven, the seeker of the lost. You know, you came to Christ because he sought you. He sought you out. Maybe you're here today and you don't know him yet and you've, you've been checking things out, but look, Christ loves you and that's why he's seeking you out. Onesimus was this runaway slave. Take a look at the book of Philemon for a second and look at verse 15. Paul's now sending him back with this group to Colossae with the letter. And here's what he writes in Philemon. He says, perhaps, reading from the NIV, perhaps 115 of Philemon, the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back for good. No, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, says Paul, even dearer to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. And so if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he's done you any wrong or owes you anything, Paul says, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. It would sound like Paul led Philemon to the Lord And there was some partnership in the gospel. And so when Paul uh, shared with Onesimus and Onesimus made a a commitment to Christ, Paul said, now you have to go back and you need to make things right with your master. It would be kind of like if you worked for a company and let's say that you bailed on the company, you didn't give two weeks notice or you embezzled money from the company and then you met somebody and you became a Christian and that person who's discipling you says now you go back to that company and you confess your sin and you make amends and all God's people said go what yeah making amends is part of being a Christian I have a friend that's uh, since moved out of state but he became a believer many years ago and he said the Lord put on his heart to make three phone calls one of which was he had to call a company that he had not been financially uh, filled with integrity And so he had to make a phone call to that company and confess what he had done. Can you imagine that, dialing the phone? He didn't even know who he was going to talk to. He just needed to confess it. This is what God put on his heart. Ah, hello, my name is so-and-so. I need to tell you that uh, (laughs) the person on the other side of the phone is going, what? And who are you? Right? But this is what the Lord does. 
He wants us to have a conscience that is clear. And in verse 18 of Philemon 1, when Paul says, charge it to me, what a beautiful picture of the gospel. This is the gospel in miniature. When Christ was dying on the cross, he said, Father, I know they've sinned against you. Charge it to me. And Jesus Christ took our sin, our punishment at the cross. And all God's people said, amen, man. He paid a debt he didn't know because we owed a debt we could not pay. Back to Colossians chapter 4. So you have Onesimus. Maybe you can relate to him. Maybe you've run away from the things of God. Maybe you are experiencing, you know, some of that fallout. There is a way back. If there's a way back for Onesimus, there's a way back for you. Indeed. Maybe you have run from God. You know, it's just a matter of doing a 180 and turning around and coming back home. Come back home. You know, Jesus is the way back. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And there's a way to get back to him and a way to get back connected with the body of Christ. Don't give up on the body of Christ. If you've been hurt, if you've been discouraged, it's understandable. Things do happen. But get back to the church. Pray about somewhere to go. Look up their website and get back connected. We're heading into the weekend, and that's something I want to encourage you to do. Whether you listen to Walk in Truth one day a week or five days a week, we're grateful. But we can't replace your local church. If you're physically able to get to church, you need to be part of the body of Christ using your gifts there, inviting friends there, serving the Lord there, giving there. So I encourage you to get into fellowship this weekend. And if you haven't for a while, you know, uh, find a local church, find a good, strong Bible teaching church and get plugged in. Well, we'll talk to you on Monday for more on this final teaching in the book of Colossians called Better Together. Have a great weekend. God bless you. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.